Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people. Dave Fenson here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, Mr. Krista Greer. Hey, everyone. Welcome along. Thank you for joining us. So, look, let's talk about Morrissey. Sure. Okay. It's quite difficult to talk about Morrissey without talking about the bitter old man that Morrissey has apparently become. Yeah, it does seem to be uh, an overriding feature of of his personality these days. Now... But give me a potted history of your history of Morrissey. Well, I'll tell you what, right? In the, in the 80s yes. uh, and the early 90s... My impression of the Smiths were it was a bunch of whaley moany old shit, and okay. I wasn't interested in it. Okay, okay? right, sure. I, I kind of took against Morrissey. I didn't like his voice, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until quite a bit later when a lot of people had, you know, that I liked had an uh, an affection mm-hmm. for Morrissey and the Smiths that I kind of reappraised them. And you know, I there are Smith songs that I like, and there are Smith songs that I really like okay but you're so you're still on the side of i'm not a smith's fan no but there are definitely some of their catalog that are very very good yeah i mean i think right. how, how soon is now is one of the best songs of the 80s is it the one that was covered by uh yeah by quicksand quicksand yeah. Music, yeah okay so was that one of the first th- times that you went oh maybe there's something here yeah i guess like, so what? yeah i mean yeah. i'm probably even i mean it's yeah i'm probably resistant to it into the 2000s to be honest okay, with you okay right but the smiths have got a, a load of good stuff mm-hmm. uh a lot of it I think I would say the things I like about it are things that Johnny Marr has done. Okay. But I will concede that Morrissey is certainly an interesting lyricist. Okay. Uh, in 1994, because you're saying like from the 80s. So you were aware of the Smiths at the time. Because yeah. you grew up in the 80s. You were aware of the Smiths. Um, you were obviously then obviously aware of Morrissey's solo. Yeah. It was happening. Yeah. In 1994, you were aware of this album at all i mean I, I would have seen really. it coming out i mean I, yeah. i'd have been okay. you know i'd have had you know the the enemy and the melody maker weren't my first choice of reading yeah you know i'd probably be reading you know kind of kerrang over it but i was reading these Razzle. papers as well you know they were about they were about they were in a common room in sixth form sure, okay yeah. someone had them or th- there was no internet so you know if you you had something to do and you had some time to pass you'd pick up an enemy or something yeah. because it cost like 70p or whatever and at that time morrissey was still such a huge figurehead for the indie scene he was getting interview- yeah. interviewed at any opportunity you know if he's got an album to promote or if he's just said something yeah and, and look to be clear i think probably where my original antipathy towards morrissey came from was smash hits magazine because the smiths were big enough that smash hits covered them and you know you know i believe morrissey did interviews with smash hits magazine okay and you know it wasn't at the time what i was interested in it never really jibed with me which Mm. now sitting you know and and i look at my kind of taste in music and i've you know i've got quite a big space in my life for a bit of miserableism you know of course I, I, yeah i quite, I quite yeah. like a bit of a dour miserable song mm. and songwriter but i think as we get through this you know i think we'll we'll, we'll talk about 
some of the distinctions there, I think. Uh, similar to you, I took against Morrissey and the Smiths in yeah. general. Um, I remember them being on top of the pops whenever I was mm-hmm. like nine or ten in the mid-80s, and I was not interested in that at all. In the same way as I do remember the jam being on top of the pops yeah. in like 81, 82, or 80, 81 probably, and me thinking, well, this is bollocks. Because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to hear yeah. whatever Spandau Ballet were doing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear fucking Joe Dolce do shut up of your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so whenever the Smiths were on, that was instead of, oh, you could have had more Duran Duran. Yeah. Or you could have had the new Michael Jackson, whatever it was. Um, I wanted more pop. And that I was too young to be into the Smiths mm-hmm. at that point. I was therefore also a little bit too young to be kind of a you know a, a disaffected student when he started mm-hmm. doing his solo career and be into that. Whenever uh, you know, like the Mary Whitehouse Experience, were doing their Morrissey type jokes in 1990, for example, yeah. I got the joke because mm-hmm. I knew Morrissey was miserable and the Smiths were miserable. I didn't get the references, sure, uh, but I knew who he was. But I had already decided I didn't like him at that point. I mean, it, it's not a dissimilar story, yeah. To be honest with you, it, it, I think where we would differ then is that whenever I uh, went to university and started, you know, meeting different people and going to different clubs, mm-hmm. the, the clubs I was going to in Belfast weren't really playing the Smiths much, right? right? Uh, whenever I came over to England. The Smiths were a much bigger deal mm-hmm. in those indie clubs. And so I was hearing new songs that I hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, heard the, the big ones for sure, but I was hearing different stuff. And friends of mine who were into the Smiths were playing me with things. And I then realized that I'd missed out on quite a lot of stuff. And sure. it wasn't instant. It wasn't, you know, bam, there you go. I'm not a Smiths fan. I still wouldn't call myself a Smiths fan. Mm-hmm. But I think that some of this stuff is just wonderful. Absolutely yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't really disagree with you. I, I probably haven't delved as deeply right. as you have. But, but you know, it, it's also going to be timing because I was more like 93, 94, 95 mm. going, oh, this is, a, this is a big new thing. If you were a bit later on, then I have a few more years on you yeah. of listening to. I mean, you've got thing. to remember how indie resistant I was as This well. is very true. It was, this is going to come up, I reckon. It was quite a tribal Yes, it was. Environment. Um, and I found myself staunchly in one tribe, I guess. Okay, so this, I mean, we haven't even said the title yet. The album that we're doing is Vauxhall and I yep. from March 1994. And it got to number one for one week. Mm-hmm. This is his fourth solo album, mm-hmm. which is weird to think because that equals the amount of Smith's albums there were. Yeah. You know, when you think of the Smiths, you think of this huge band who influenced a generation mm-hmm. and just had loads and loads of work. Now they had four albums. Yeah, but, you know, if your quality control's low, you can bang more out. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is, this is uh, Morrissey's fourth one. Um, he described it at the time in interviews, and this is an obvious thing to say, but he described, oh, this is the best I've ever done. He's like, this is the best I've ever done. But mm-hmm. he also said that he thought it was going to be his last album. Okay. He well. thought this was his defining moment, basically, uh, and would be the last one. Uh, it was the first solo album to reach number one since his debut, mm-hmm. Viva Hate. So it was a big deal. And it was also the first one that made any kind of inroads uh, into the US charts. He had a fan base over there. Yeah. But in terms of commercial sales, it was the first one that got anywhere in the solo album. The thing that always kind of blows my mind, and it's the huge support for Morrissey and the Smiths within, like, the L.A. Chicano, like, kind of apparently community. So. Like, like, apparently it's not even just in the L.A., but massive in Mexico. Don't really get it, but there we go. No. Right, so we so let's let's look at the album cover. Yes, indeed, okay. I mean, it's a picture of Morrissey, isn't it? It is a picture of Morrissey, and that follows on from what he's done on all his solo albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Smiths famously did, they all of their kind of album covers and single covers were artistic images. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, 
find photos mm-hmm. or photos of, of famous people, but a, a very specific style. Yeah, uh, not featuring any members of the band mm-hmm. except for like the the kind of the compilations and the best ofs that the yeah. label put out. Uh, Morrissey's solo albums have all just been here's Morrissey. Yeah, uh, in various he started off still very kind of fey mm-hmm. uh, in the post Smiths uh, world back in like '88 when he put his first one out. You can see that it goes through and he becomes a little bit more kind of a uh, tough guy, a bit more rugged. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, saying Morrissey's rugged, rugged is fucking. You know, it may be a stretch, but he definitely is not presenting the effect image that he did at the start. Sure. Well, the, I mean, these days, basically, he looks like fucking Stuart Lee at a UKIP meeting. Very much he? so, yeah. And he did. He, the album before this, he went kind of more rockabilly. He got mm. a rockabilly band in for the banging band. This one, it's, it's just, it's a close-up of his face. He's he's a handsome guy, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's a good image. Mm-hmm. It works for... You know, I'm sure the Morrissey fans are like, yeah, I like this. Krista loves Morrissey. A little bit of Stephen Patrick, please. Yeah, man. Um, all right, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's mm-hmm. it, it's absolutely fine. I, you know, I've got not, not a lot to say about it, really. No, it's, it's a very easy album cover to do. Yep. He's presumably gone, I want a photo of me. They've got a photographer in, taken a photo, gone, bam, stick Morrissey Vox on, I on the top of that. Right, let's crack on with the, uh, the, the album. Uh, okay. so the, the first track's called Now My Heart Is Full. All right. Okay. So yeah, this is track one, and it looks like this was also the third and final single that was released, but right. it, I can't see it charting anywhere. So I think it was released as a single, but didn't go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of got a downbeat, like that kitchen sink indie feel to it, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, like vaguely in the intro, reminds me a little bit of like something like This Is How It Feels by uh, Spider Man. Oh, okay, yep. I think it's a nice start. It starts pleasantly. Mm. And I'm reminded as well that I do like his voice. And I don't know if that's a sticking point for you. Well, I see, I, I like Morrissey's voice in places. Okay. Um, and I like... I think the, the, that baritone, he's got a very smooth voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a nice voice, yeah. Right. I think musically, this one, this one is quite pub rocky. That's what it sounds oh, like really? to me. Okay. When you hear like the kind of the drum fills and stuff, I'm yeah. just like, this could just be any band in any pub. I mean, the drumming on this the album in general, I find apart from maybe one track near the end, I find very just standard. Oh, it's um, so. The, yeah. But even the guitars, because it, in the previous album he got two new guitarists, mm-hmm. uh, and they are the writers of the songs as well. They write the tunes, yep. so usually it'd be credited to one or the other of them. And the guitars, in general, are just kind of more background in this. But I don't Mm -hmm. mind. I'm fine. Because this, to me, is... It reminds me of plenty of other indie guitar stuff, but I don't mean that in a bad way. See, and uh, I guess that, to me, uh, this just is kind of meh to me. This bit is... uh, This reminds me of something. Is it it like 70s Bowie or something like that? Yeah, it's... It's it's like like a little glam flourish almost, isn't it? Maybe so. Um, I mean, lyrically, it's... It's quite oblique, obviously. Uh-huh. You know, and obviously, I would. You know, he's got a very nice turn of phrase and palette that he draws. From. He he is he can. You know, sometimes he goes too far, but I think when yeah. he gets it right, there are some really nice flourishes lyrically. So yeah, you know, he's like he's drawing. You know, from his as I say, in terms of palette, what I mean is he's drawing like Dallow Spicer. You know, um, I can't read my own writing. Pinky and Cubit. Cubit. Yeah. from Brighton Rocks yes, that, indeed. referencing Patrick Doonan who's like an old British actor who committed suicide absolutely yeah so he's you know I, 
the, the thing that I get though, that I often get, and this won't be the first last time I say this, right. I'm left with a feeling of uh, just a self-pitying man mm-hmm. wallowing in his own moaning. Oh, okay, right? sure. Uh-huh. And, I, and uh, I, I, th- as such, this song doesn't really do anything for me. Okay, it, le- right. it leaves me almost entirely cold. This Does it? I yeah. really like this. I, see, I, I think don't. this is great. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of going into this was like, I think we're going to disagree quite badly on something. Sure. This, this uh, yeah, it doesn't absolutely nothing for me at all. I must admit, right? Whenever I was listening through initially the album, because mm-hmm. I've never heard this album before. Yeah, I've only heard, I've, I think I've only heard the one single mm-hmm. as well. Um, so in the background, it was like, yeah, this is washing over me. It's fine but it's nothing mm-hmm. you know it's there uh, but over on, over time and time and time some of the songs mm-hmm. they showed themselves more they, they're like oh right this is catchy this is whatever to me okay. and this is one of them I think this is really good now mm. I really do um, lyrically I don't really know what it's about um, it may well be him wallowing it may well be him just going it's like there's a lot of themes about growing up and maturity going on and that have been written about as well Uh, there's an interview from 95 where he says this song was the definitive expression of my change to adulthood of my maturity and to be honest I was very happy to be able to sing this text to have reached this state after this song I could perfectly retire because I've come full circle so there is there are many themes about growing up and being more sensible not being such a dickhead you know teenager or whatever Um, and I I think there's part of that it, it is done in a bit of a wallowing way and it mm. sounds like he's wallowing because he's Morrissey mm-hmm. you know nothing he's going to sing is not going to sound like he's self-pitying but there is uh, there's a lot to this that I really really enjoy it dug itself into my brain yeah well good. Yeah. I mean I'm, I'm, I'm glad for you I'm, the chorus I'm, I really enjoy that really like it I think it's a very good start to the album um, but I did I came to think that that to me, you know, sounds like a, an album closer. Um, it, it, it sounds like he's going for that big kind of epic outro. There's it's the longest song on the album at five minutes. Yeah, I, I guess it. I guess it's difficult for me to kind of respond because I, I I do see what you mean in mm. terms of length. That, but a song leaves me so cold. Yeah, that you could put that wherever you wanted on the album, and it'd just be like, oh, well, that that exists. Right. For me, it's like I, I listened to that and I went, this is kind of what I was kind of worried I was going to get. Right. At this point, I'm like, if I've got 11 tracks of that, I'm not going to have a fantastic time. No. Anyway, uh, apparently Phoebe Bridgers has named this one uh, on her list of five essential Morrissey songs. Okay. She says it's uh, the song that best encapsulates Morrissey for me. Right. There you are. Yeah. Okay. I don't, uh, I, no, I was impressed because I think, similar to you, I went into this dubious. We've talked about mm. this album coming up on the previous couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting to not enjoy anything on here. I thought this was going to be full of uh, kind of sub-Smith's tuneless nonsense. And I yeah. think there's a really good tune there. Okay. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I really am. Oh, I'm, I'm glad for you, mate. Indeed. I'm glad for you. Um, all right. Track number two mm-hmm. is called uh, Springheeled Jim. All right. And obviously that title is a play on Springheeled Jack, Jack yeah. which was like a Victorian-era English urban legend thing okay so it's kind of bassy opening yep oh right it's not going where I thought it was going to from okay. the, the opening okay. kind of weird cool bit and then we're going to start getting 
these samples coming in from yes. documentary, the Lambeth but We are the Lambeth Boys. Yes. Now, they do a thing with this sample mm. where it starts off here and you kind of think, oh, it's on the intro. Yep. But it's kind of constantly under the track and keeps coming up and coming down, uh-huh. which I find very distracting. I've got the exact same note. Yeah. I, I don't know why they've done that. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it adds anything to the track. No, it's... It's too low in the mix for me to be able to hear what they're saying, but it's too high in the mix for me to, like, not uh, not hear it instead of everything else. Yeah, the tune itself is kind of this kind of slightly dar indie plodder kind of thing. You know, uh-huh. it's got the uh, kind of bit of the distortion in there, kind of the open notes. Yeah. It's quite a sparse song. A bit shoegazy li- in parts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit shoegazy. I think that's a good... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have a very fair point. Songs are kind of about a Lothario, isn't it? Like a shagger. Yeah, no, a bit of a lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because yeah, Springheeled Jim lives to love. Mm-hmm. Now kissing with his mouth full and his eyes on some other fool. So many women, his head should be spinning. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it's kind of lamenting his lack of, lack of depth, his inability to, you know, kind of stop and experience love. I feel like. Well, it. It is by the because by the end of the song in the final verse um, there is there's a regret mm-hmm. where he says until Jim feels the chill or oh, where did all the time go um, and so there is a regret to that mm-hmm. but I was I felt that for the first bit of the song I think it was classic Morrissey doing his thing going oh these guys get all the women I get none of the women you know mm-hmm. I, I wish I was a bit more of a lad I wish the women liked me and I could be more of a rogue well, I don't think women that he's that interested in is <laughs> yeah. that really well they always played around with that as well, well yeah of course they did and, uh, yeah but um, yeah I don't know again there's th- there's there's little moments of vocal phrase on here that are quite nice but mm-hmm. the overall mix of it just doesn't sit right and I, for me I can't grip hold of anything the, the, this sample is so distracting to me. It's it's it's, it's, yeah. Why is it here? Totally now? agree with you. That should be taken out. It should be there at the beginning if you want to have a little soundbite. Yeah. And then at the very end, where it says about uh, they took him away and then he's called him yeah. mental. Fine, keep that in, no problem. But it, there's no reason for it to be constantly going. No, it, it just it just seems like a, an engineer with an idea. That's, yeah. That they've gone. Oh, let's try this and. Yeah. You know, and it's just not stood the test of time, really. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Steve Lillywhite was the producer on this, and I think yeah. it was the first time he'd done a Morrissey album. Okay. Uh, the previous one had been done by Mark Ronson mm-hmm. uh, of David Bowie's band. Um, it was more glam rock. Steve John, Lillywhite. Uh, from- Mark Ronson? Um, oh, John Ronson. Yeah, John Ronson, ah, yeah. Enough. Uh, uh, so, uh, Steve Lillywhite is a new producer, and maybe they are. They're trying shit. I do not know. But yeah. this one, that's a bad idea to me. Mm-hmm. I like this bit. I like the la-la-la bit. I actually really like the the... There's a full minute of this mm-hmm. because, again, I think this is a great tune. I oh, no. really like this. Not for me, mate. Yeah. No. Really no, no, like no, this no. one. Uh, it grew on me with increased listens uh, I, at the beginning. I just thought that's all right, but after a few, I really enjoy this. Now, I, I found that almost painful being on because of the samples. Because of the samples, yeah. and because the you know, I felt like the the tune was kind of struggling through it. Uh-huh. And yeah, no, not not for me. Entirely cold that one. I see, I like that. The other thing I, I picked out was uh, because of the the way that the verses go when it's it's starting out going. Oh yeah, this Springhill Jim, he's a bit of a lad. Mm-hmm. He's getting all the women. He's shagging around, and everyone's you know fucking loving Jim. Yeah. Then it gets to the end, and he goes, "Oh, where's the time gone?" And he's got this empty life, or sure. whatever. 
that ties into the kind of the growing up and the maturity thing that mm-hmm. I think previously Morrissey wouldn't have gone to that final verse and gone, oh, maybe this is, isn't what I want it to be. Yeah. He would have left it as, I wish I was more like Spring Heeled Jim. Well, no, it's a shame you didn't like that because I get, I really enjoyed that as well. Oh, well, good for really you. So you're, you're like two that. for two, man. I am, you're, mate. Okay, I really this, am. Is, this is a good one for you so far. Surprised, right. but yep, happy days. Well, let's do track number three. This one's right. called Billy Bud. Let's see if this turns things around okay. for me. Okay. Funnily enough, you mentioned you too, Steve Lillywhite. This sounds almost like oh, this era wow. of you too. God, it does. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that, but that sounds very U2, that mm-hmm. guitar. Right. Oh, more upbeat but, anyway. But then it kind of progresses in and it turns into this kind of like fuzzy wah uh-huh. indie jangle. Sure. Right? And look, unfortunately, that, <laughs> that is a particular bugbear that is, of mine. Yeah, that's the opposite of what you want. Yeah, that, you know, that kind of, I mean, it might as well be Sultan's a fucking ping. Do you know what I mean? It, <laughs> wow. it really might. I... <laughs> I really viscerally hate this tune. Do you? I really hate this tune. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Lyrically, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there because obviously he's referring to this Herman uh, Melville novella that, you know, I'd I've, never I've, heard of it. I've, I've, yeah. I've picked that up from other people's interpretations. I'm not familiar with it. But, you know, this kind of ally, it's an allegory for Mor- Morrissey's struggles with his sexuality and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, and you know obviously whilst I've got a huge amount of empathy for the experience of like um, a closeted insular young man in a rough northern society in the 1980s yeah 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 sure I also I don't know whether it's my own prejudice or what I find myself unable to care that much about Morrissey specifically okay well that's the thing yeah it's him rather than uh, that that type yeah man how are you feeling about this I really like it I thought you might. I do. I really like it. Um, it is. It's a. It's a very obvious mm-hmm. uh, guitar line. It's nothing, you know, interesting or special going on. But I think it does it very well, and it, I think it's quite catchy. It's absolutely up my street because mm-hmm. uh, this indie stuff back then. I was listening to that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like lyrically, it is interesting you know, that the the novella that we said um, it's called Handsome Sailor and Billy Budd the title character of this song is a sailor so handsome that another officer on the ship that they're on accuses him of a crime because he's jealous and yeah. confused about his feelings one would imagine uh, so we get uh, Billy Budd punches him in the face kills him and is sentenced to death yeah um, and so Morrissey's using the the story and the name as an allegory of what it's like to be a gay man and a gay couple and being mocked for it and derided mm-hmm. and being an outcast. I think he's also using that character as an avatar for individuals he's had affection for rather than just being specifically okay, about sure. right. the couple in general. It, it, it feels more personal to me. It feels yeah, like okay. this is... Because you know, he's talking about, you know, I would die for you, essentially. Yes. What he's saying. Just to be clear, I don't like the song at all. Unfortunately, the, the song was dead on arrival for me just because of the musical the choices. Music, yeah, sure. But I want to be fair. I, I do think Morrissey is a very interesting lyricist. Mm-hmm. What I like from a from a interesting lyricist, like when we talk about Nirvana, when we talk about, I, I get an empathy of oh, I know exactly how you feel because I felt this way, and you're expressing something that I feel myself. And I I never really feel that with Morrissey, or, okay. or often with Morrissey. Well, it was like whenever we did the but, Tori Amos episode, you said there were songs on there, even though we couldn't really get what she was saying yeah. it evoked something in you yeah. that you're I, like I can I can see what I can see the, the relationship here between me and that as well Morris is interesting because he is undoubtedly 
a great lyricist mm -hmm. and a lot of it connects with me intellectually and mm -hmm. I'm interested by it and it will make me think about things. Yeah. But a lot of the time it doesn't connect with me emotionally. Yeah, okay. And I think that's the thing that the, the very best bits and pieces of the Smiths, it does. Right. But to me, the, the, there's a disconnect there. Mm. Um, as much as I don't like this song, credit where credit's due to it, I don't want to say that there's nothing in it of, of worth. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, obviously I, I do think there's some interesting stuff going on in the lyrics, but uh, for its primary feature, a piece of music, it just doesn't. No, me. when that's that's what we're judging this on. That's yeah. the thing, you know. Uh, I've got ones that I that the music uh, either does or doesn't for me, mm. no matter what's going on in the lyrics. Yeah. If the music doesn't do it for me, I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't give this one a pass. Sure. But I do give this one a pass because I'm okay with this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's in your, yeah. it's in your wheelhouse, man. It it's is in exactly. Your All right, so, um, so we're we gonna do track number yeah, four. Track number four, which is hold on to your friends. And this was the second single release from the album in June mm. of 94. It only got to number 47. Right. Which must have been a slap in the face. Mm. You know, after a number one album mm. and the next single, or the, the first single, which is we're coming on to later, which was top 10. Yeah. This one only got to number 47. And then, like I say, the third single didn't even chart. But, yeah. This, I think it's quite a straightforward song about not being a dick to the people who care for you. Yeah, I mean, th this is the first tune on this album that I kind of feel anything for. Okay, yeah. So, you know, as you say, lyrically, it's, a, it's a kind of a warning to a friendship, like, you know, the bonds of that relationship are being stretched. Yeah. Although, as a side note, I do suspect that maintaining a relationship with Morrissey is like trying to pass exams in a subject that you haven't studied for. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I can't imagine that's a straightforward friendship to maintain. God, no. No, that's the thing. And I, it feels too specific as well. Uh, for Morrissey just to be vaguely writing about, oh, yeah. you know, in general, be hold on to your friends. This has got to be about his relationships with his mates. Yeah, and, and there's this thing. It's like it's um, you only phone me when you're when you're yeah. feeling down. You you don't yeah. call me up when you're feeling happy. It's like if I felt really happy, uh -huh. if I suffered with like a lot of depression, um, if. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, like when I had that happiness, I don't think Morrissey's the person I'd be phoning. Absolutely I'd be like, not. I want to hold on to this happiness. Yeah. Oh, phone, phone to old fucking Stephen Patrick. <laughs> How are things going, Morrissey? Well. Well. Yeah. It's the blacks. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, he's notoriously abrasive. Yeah. Right. And if you asked any of the other members of the Smiths, uh, you know, they would attest to him being the dick in the, the friendship relationship, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know what went on in the rest. You know, of course, there's two sides to every story, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But it's always going to be Morrissey being the difficult one in your your mate's mm -hmm. group, I'd have thought. Oh, yeah. I, I Again, I, I, so this, this one, it, it's kind of the first one on the album that hasn't kind of rankled me in some way. I, I'm, okay. I'm not in love with it. Okay, so what what are you thinking about the music? If you take the the, the lyrical content over it, what do you think about the tune? Well, I, I think the I think the tune, you know, it's it, it's quite a a light languid tune. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it does this little bit here that we're yeah. listening to here, yeah. which I think is quite nice. It kind of skips along. I, I think it, it serves a better foil to his voice than some of the other stuff that's going. Okay, like the two parts of the music and the lyrics feel more congruous than. I think, that, yeah, I think his his vocals really fit this mm. song. I think that the bit where he's going up and down, that that mm -hmm. the, and the descending uh, 
notes in the chorus. I think this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I, I really like fantastic. this one. I, I, I say I really like this one. I, I like this one. Right, sure, sure. I think that the way there's some bits in the lines, that, 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 that just the cadence where he's got the, the lines of give up your job, squander your cash, be rash, mm-hmm. uh, smoke and explode, sell all of your clothes. I think those are lovely little couplets. Yeah, sell all of your... Yeah, yeah, and, and the way it's... Really, it, yeah, it's... It's, it's really I, I, nicely I, I done. I agree. That there's the playfulness of that. This guitar here, where it's a bit more kind of ballsy, really like uh, this. Do. I mean, it, sa- I mean, it, it kind of sounds a little bit like a six-form production of uh, West Side Story. Fine with that. Dun, totally fine with that. Dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's it's a solid guitar uh, going underneath it, underpinning the whole thing. Yeah, and it's, it's got some drama to it. It's got, you know, it's got a little bit of theatre. It's got... Yeah, sure. You know, as, again, you can feel... Even though it's so dour, you can feel the glam rock that he loved. Oh, definitely. You can yep. feel that yeah, in yeah. there, you know. You can feel a bit of Jesus Christ Superstar in it, almost. Always a good you thing. Know, all of that, yeah. So, yeah, I, for me, um, yeah, I, I would say a correct choice for a single. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, the, the first one there that I can say didn't annoy me. Okay, good. Good. Oh, I'm glad, because I think that's just brilliant. Perfect. I'm, I'm really surprised at how much I'm enjoying this album so far. Well, I yeah, did not I mean, think I was going to. I mean, I am, I'm surprised as much that you're enjoying it as much as you are as yeah. well, because that's four for four. That is, uh, literally, honest to God, everyone... Of I'm an 11-track like, album. I know. Wow, What the okay. fuck? I was so dubious going into a Morrissey solo album that I'd yeah, never yeah. heard before. Oh, I was God. Like, oh, it's uh, going to sure. cost you a few quid on Discogs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's the first four tracks, yeah. so we're about a third of the way through. Let's take a wee break and do some albums. Yes. Let's do the top 10 uh, in the week that this was number one. And it was in the week of March the 20th, 1994. Sure. But um, if you've if you listened to the last episode that we did, basically between Enigma and this album, Mariah Carey was number one again for four weeks. So in the last episode, I took two weeks of that to see what else was going on. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, I've taken the two weeks running up to Morrissey as well as the week of Morrissey. Yeah. But for the top 10, we'll do the actual week of. Uh, number 10 is... Capella with You Got to Know, the album. What the fuck? There the was an album? album? Who put, I mean, obviously, we've had to do two Unlimited and we're going to have to again. But who buys Eurodance albums? I mean, idiots. Really weird to me. Uh, number nine, and this is just after our Enigma episode last week. Number nine in the charts is the Monk's Chorus Silos with Conto Gregorine, Gregoriano. I mean, Enigma, you've got a lot to fucking answer Really? Oh, mate. Top 10, though. What program must have that been on? Oh, my God. Number nine in the charts. And that is purely some coked-up board meeting going, can we make an entire album of this? Because people like Enigma. Mm -hmm. And someone has scraped together some recordings of monks chanting and put it on a CD. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Uh, Number eight is Level 42 with an album called Forever Now, which is not a best of. Really? So it's 1994. Okay. And level 42 have got a top 10 it's album. It's 1994. Do you know where your level 42 <laughs> yeah, Do you know where your bass player is? <laughs> Weird, man. Oh top my. 10 album. I mean, I not a clue, mate. Not no. a clue. No, exactly. I couldn't tell you what singles are off that, obviously. Nah. No. Uh, number seven, Bjork debut, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Number six is a new entry, and it's the Cranberries. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Okay. 
And that is going to be number one, but not until June of 1994. So we are going to have to cover it, yep. but it's not for another three or four months. Okay. Uh, but it's gone top ten already. Uh, number five, M People, Elegant, elegant Slumming. Cunts. Yep. Number four, Enigma, Cross of Changes. Number three... And this is another one that we are going to have to do later on in mm-hmm. this season. Uh, Ace of Base with Happy Nation. Oh, wicked. Can so, we just can we not do it? Because now we know they're racist. <laughs> no. So that's number three. Right. And then number Happy two. Happy Nation. I mean, Happy the clue Nation. was there, wasn't really it? really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two is Mariah Carey and Music Box. And like I said, it had just been number one for okay. four more weeks. Yeah, of course. So that's the top ten. A couple of new entries, a couple of things that we're going to have to look at down the yeah. line. If you're new to the podcast, we have got an episode on uh, Music Box. Go back and check it out. One of our... Uh, biggest downloads the Mariah Carey one mm-hmm. yeah loads of Mariah fans uh, and it's a good one it's Rhymes a good, good Barry and Carrie like Mariah Mariah oh, what's that uh, shit joke uh, Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey no it doesn't yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> lovely okay other albums released in these kind of three weeks that we're looking at and this is a fucking ripe three weeks this is a lot of stuff so let's let's crack on went in at number 11 Aphex Twin selected Ambient Works Volume 2 okay number 11 well, for what is going to be ostensibly nonsense. Do you know what? Actually, Selection Ambient Works yeah. is... If, if, Volume 2. I mean, it's a good record, and it's not really an ambient record. Of the Aphex Twin stuff that I've heard, it's it's the most palatable. Right, fine. But, you know, again, I've, I mean, Jesus Christ, we've got so many friends that just love Aphex Twin dearly. Oh, yeah, because they do so many drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, well, there is a bit of a correlation. It's got to be strange said. that. Uh, Gangstar released Hard to Earn, which yeah. went to 29, which That's, is uh, decent, I think, for a Gangstar album. It's a great record, man. It's the it year, they played, uh, year they played Reading Festival. Oh, they did. I saw them at that festival. That the one with the goats as well. Yeah. There was a day maybe of goats and Gangstar. There's a um, Gangstar t-shirt they had on sale at Reading. Oh, yeah. And in my mind, I still go, oh, I wish I'd bought that. As if I'd still have it. I mean, you say, would you still have it? I've still got my therapy t-shirt I bought at Reading 92. Ah, nice. Yeah. Does it fit? Fuck no. Exactly. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, love the, I love the refuse to throw it away. No, I've got so many, uh, like, nice band t-shirts from the past 30 years that nice. I will never fit into again. Nah. But they're, they're in my room. i sell them. No. Okay. Uh, Insane Clown Posse released Ringmaster. Mm-hmm. So that was happening back in '94. I ICP. Mean, I mean, which cl- which card was that dropping? Fuck's sake! Uh, Nail Bomb released Point Blank. I mean, what a record that we're, is! We're in number sixty-two. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to that record in quite a while, but I just remember it just being br- oh, it's brutally just visceral. Hard. Yeah, I mean, if anyone doesn't know Nail Bomb, it is uh, Alex from Fudge Tunnel. Yeah, uh, Newport. Alex Newport, thank yeah. you. Uh, from Fudge Tunnel and Max Cavalera, Max Cavalera from Sepultura. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was like kind of others. industrial grind blasts. Just hard. Yeah. It yeah. was. I, I bought that at the time because I loved Fudge Tunnel mm. uh, and I was getting in getting into Sepultura. I, I liked a couple of Sepultura songs. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll buy this. Um, I've only listened to it a few times, but it's now one of the my most kind of sellable vinyl albums oh really yeah uh, I could get probably 150 quid for that oh, okay now on the flip side we've got Vanilla Ice with an album called Mind Blown oh never uh, heard of it no Main Source released Fuck What You Think mm-hmm. which is uh, a nice radio friendly album title St. Etienne released Tiger Bay mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen the single off that I think it's a bit wishy-washy that album not the, not the sort of St. Etienne I wanted at that point Counting Crows released August and Everything After yeah I mean some people absolutely love that band. I've mm. never given a shit. No, I. What was the one big song? 
Mr. Jones? No. Yeah. Mr. Jones? Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Didn't Mr. Like it. Jones. It's that voice. I can't. I can't do that voice. It was the tune. I just thought it was dull. Blue Airplanes released Life Model, which is past me caring about blue airplanes mm-hmm. in spiral carpets released devil hopping which went in at number 10 so they were still you know selling records but this was kind of the end section sure. of in spiral carpets beck released mellow gold mm. uh, which went into the charts at number 41 so it's another one that must have sold on the back of whenever a loser comes yeah. out and sold more and more and more i bought that relatively soon after it came out i think yeah i mean i we remember mellow gold being like a you know an, an indie bars and then yeah Odelay was the slightly, you know, the, we started, the started to get the Radio 1 played. Very you much. Like, Devil's Hair Con Radio 1. Huge. And, yeah, yeah, where it's two at. Two turntables, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's at, indeed. Uh, Motley Crue released their self-titled album, which went in at number 17. Okay, I don't remember. Motley Crue in 94? Motley Crue, Motley Crue. So this is, I, I feel like this is... Because Gen- was Generation Swine the one that had John Karabi on it? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I, no I, I, I've got a feeling this was like the last shit one bef- with Vince Neil before they did the other one. Oh, I, I see. I think that's Maybe right. so. I mean, I remember I was reading some article many, many years ago. And the point they were trying to make was that whenever a band releases a self-titled album, especially if it's not their first one, essentially what the band is saying is this is what we mean to be this is kind of the yeah the, the our apex and so whenever i think that the article was around the charlatans when they released their the charlatans album and i think it's one of their best albums easily and it was like okay we have now decided what we are this is us mm-hmm. surely motley crew were not doing that in 1994 they no. were not listening to what they just recorded and gone we have never been better than this i mean you got to bear in mind that this is the last record they put out before this was five years ago. Oh, so, Jesus, right. So they put out Dr. Feelgood, and they were the biggest band oh, in that, the world. Oh, yeah, that, that was, yeah, a hit. Yeah, Dr. Feelgood comes out, it's number one everywhere. Right. You know? And then this, the, this comes out. Then and the music business completely changes. Exactly. And yeah. this is, on. you know, the, the highest that one got in the States was seven. Oh, God. For you know? their home crowd. There was spent force to a degree at that point, you know. But, yeah. you know, they, they did that thing where they got big enough that they will always have an audience. Oh, they still play massive stadiums today yeah, 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 because, yeah, yeah. yeah, because they've got a greatest hit set. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. No one wants to hear the stuff from the self-titled album from 1994, I'm sure. I mean, fucking no one wants to hear Vince Neil. Well, there's that. All right. Um, Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, released Starry-Eyed and Bollock Naked, mm-hmm. which only went in number 22, which is... A bit of a drop after the, the previous one, which sure. was number one. I've never heard that album. No, I've um, not either. I can't really remember the singles off it. Um, one of the singles in the singles list, which I do remember, but it wasn't a big one. Okay. So I think this is kind of in the same way as the Spiral Carpets were like, this is the tail end. Yeah. It's, it's close to that with Carter. The Divine Comedy released Promenade. And this is before I remember Divine Comedy being a thing. Before, mm. So I, I wasn't really aware of them until... Probably two years later. Yeah, that's what kind of where I would put yeah. them. Infectious Grooves nice. released Groove Family Psycho. Yep. And I totally missed them at the time. Not, uh, yeah, I mean, I... Completely passed me by. I think that's the third one, is it? Groove oh, God, Family no. That, it's definitely not their, their debut. I know that, but... Uh, I mean, I know um, Plague That Makes a Mooty Booth. Right. Um, and Sarsipius's Ark. I oh, think those, those, those are the two I know. Uh, uh Oh, that might have been before it as well. So yeah, maybe this is the third. Either way, I wasn't aware of this one bit. At this point, um, funk metal was a little bit spent as well, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, it 
It, I mean, it wasn't going away because Red Hot Chili Peppers were still riding the wave. Well, they were, but you know, but you know, you look at the bands that made that sound. Mm. No, Faith know, No More weren't you, doing that. Yeah, anymore. you've got you know exactly. You've got Faith No More. You've got Red Hot Chili Peppers, and neither of them are really doing that anymore. Like One Hot Mill, it's not really no a funk album, is it per se? It's got funky elements in El- it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Guar released this Toilet Earth. Which is a great album title. I mean, yeah, it is. That's Have you ever seen Guar live? Yeah, I've seen Guar live. I've not. Yeah, um, I mean, it's you know, it's it stupid. Uh, it's it's fun for a few songs. Sure, yeah. it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. You know, yeah. When you say songs, are any of them songs? Because again, I don't know if I could name you a Guar song. You're watching prosthetics explode. It's do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is Planet Mine. Yeah, it's exactly what it's a puppet show. Fine. Uh, In Flames, uh, their debut Lunar Strain mm-hmm. came out in 94. I wasn't aware of In Flames at that I point. Mean, I just don't really give a fuck about In Flames. Oh, That's really, the yeah. main problem. It's death metal per se, I have a limited palette for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there are bands that do it really, really well. I like that kind of like melodic death metal sound that Carcass do right. I really like, like Carcass I hear other bits and pieces of death from here and there that I'm like oh that's brilliant I like the technicality of mm-hmm. it but particularly where I am in my life now the amount of times I'm going to sit down and go I'm just going to put some death metal on right Right. and if I do it's not going to be in flames and I've got no, you know nothing against them they do what they do really really well oh, got a lot of it's just yeah, it's, yeah. I'm not Pass. deep enough in that groove that I give a shit fine uh, the Charlatans released up to our hips uh, which went in at number eight. Mm-hmm. And I remember that coming out. I was still interested in the Charlottes at that point. Right. Um, I thought it wasn't a brilliant album. I think it's good. Um, I think they had been better and they would be better again. As well, it turned well, that out. kind of reflects the fact that we've done a Charlottes album and we'll have to do a Charlottes album again. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. It was the, their debut we did. And I think we're going to have to do their fifth one, but this is their third. Did you hear me, though, just try and refer to to their chart position as if it was some kind of mark of quality, well, despite everything we've learned over the last <laughs> Chuck many years. Suppliers. Uh, uh, Smash. Oh, Smash uh, released their self-titled. Remember Smash? Yeah, they were from Bedford, weren't they? I think they were as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The, the, the one song, Lady Love Your Cunt. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember people... Got a load of press. A, a load of people in sixth form being absolutely fucking mad about them. Yeah. And I think it's because they were drinking in, like, the Bear in Bedford, oh, which is right. like Gary's dad's pub. Yeah, Gary. Uh, and meeting people that are in the band. And getting that kind of thing that you do where you've got to meet the band and you hang out and say so they're the best band in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, you tell everyone. Despite all evidence to the contrary <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there was there was that minute though weren't there where um, like the enemy and Melody Maker they were all, there was this oh, new agit scene like the new new wave it was the new wave of new wave yeah new wave of new wave and it was like smash these animal men yeah, and like all of those bands and they were like oh this thing's dolls maybe yeah this thing's all going to be happening and you know oh yeah everything. whatever scene no totally not uh, but then there are three albums that released in these, these three-week period. First of all, Pantera, Far Beyond Driven, which yeah. went in at number three. Mm-hmm. Number fucking three for a Pantera album, yeah, which you know, shows a, a huge fan base. Well, I mean, they'd been touring like fuck, mm. man. And, you know, they were, you know, at, at that point, like, Vulgar Display of Power was kind of a benchmark in heavy music. Very much so. It was, yeah. you know, for that new American sound of groove metal. Yeah. So, you know, obviously Thrash had been the dominant force in, in metal for a long time. Metallica had stopped doing Thrash and now there was this kind of more, there was a bit more feel to it, you know, and it was just crushingly heavy that, Well, that's the as thing. a result of it. But, and, but you know, massive riffs. Yeah, and you know, you, you had you had the fact that, you know, Dimebag was one of those guitarists, you know, that, that were just coming on every few years that were just 
you know, just redefining sounds and right. things that were possible. And people just zoomed, like, kind of zoned into that. And, well, you know, it worked. It absolutely worked. Well, that was exactly it, man. You know, and I, you know, I absolutely loved Pantera at this point in my life. Yep. I still think those those albums are absolutely fantastic. How do, what do you think of Far Beyond Driven as compared to the previous two? Far Beyond do, Driven. Do far, you far think... Beyond Driven's my favorite Pantera oh, it is. album. That's see, I easily. assumed that wasn't the kind of the the norm for Pantera mm. fans. I think it's their best album. Oh, it's their best album. Um, but I assumed it, people would be like, "Oh no, they were starting to sell out at that point." I don't think Pantera ever wanted to be anything other than a big metal band mm. it's just the best formed of their records it's the best produced it's the best oh, it song writing brilliant production oh, yeah. that's amazing I mean it sounds so good yeah. it really does It's uh, you can hear every bit but it's fucking heavy you know I mean you know just like I'm Broken oh, five minutes alone yeah you know, I mean, even that cover of Planet Caravan. Nice. No, no, you've gone too far. Didn't I, like see, that. I, I like the cover of Planet Caravan. Right. I, I like everything on that. Shedding record, skins on that one as well. Yeah, isn't it? brilliant. It's, it, I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's an excellent album. And I, and I and after that point, I think it was a law of diminishing returns. Yes. Yeah. You know, there there were mean, high points on the following albums. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't ever that good a game, was it? No. Nah. Uh, and then the last two albums, both released on the same day. Uh, are Soundgarden's Super Unknown, which mm-hmm. went in at four, and Nine Inch Nails' Downward Spiral, which went in at nine. Wow. So again, two more top ten albums. Uh, yeah, I mean... Soundgarden, Nine Inch Nails. So, yeah, you know, Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, two albums, which I would say... Big albums. Yeah, um, enormous albums in my life. I think both albums, which kind of deserve that a little more further looking. That, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we were thinking. Um, they are... Big enough, but never number one. So, so yeah, I mean, should we just throw this in now, I guess? Yeah, we'll do it. Fine. Because the, th- the thing is, like, you know, our next episode... Yes, well, this this is episode 99. This is an episode Morrissey 99. Is 99. I know. And so, like, we we would be doing a Pink Floyd album. Yeah, for number uh, 100. For number 100. And, you know, it may or may not be good, but I think we wanted to mark it with something mm. that we knew was going to... We knew we'd be able to have a conversation about. Yeah. We were debating... Downward Spiral or Super Unknown. Yeah. I just said, fuck it, we're doing both. Doing both. So yeah, next, doing both. next two episodes, we haven't decided which one's which yet. Yeah, we'll um, do it in summary. But yeah, yeah, so next two albums will be um, Downward Spiral, Nine Inch Nails, and uh, Super Unknown by Soundgarden. So cool. look forward to those. There you go. All right, well look, there's a load of albums. That's a three-week period. Yeah. And that's a fucking load of albums. That is a My lot God. of albums, man. What's yeah. a, what, what a, f- a, a fertile soil we isn't are planted it, isn't in. Isn't it just? Okay, but uh, let's get into the second bit of Morrissey's Vauxhall and I... The next one is the first single, which is The More You Ignore Me. The Closer I Get. Okay, so this is track number five on the album. Doesn't that just sound like every Oasis song? That does a bit, yeah. <laughs> Pre-Oasis. <laughs> uh, free, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that fill as well. <laughs> um, and this was, like you said, the first single. It was released in March 94, and this went to number eight. Mm-hmm. So this was uh, the, the biggest hit, and it was also a... Decently sized hit in America. This mm-hmm. I remember this from the time, even I though I didn't pay it much attention. Um, and the thing is, I was DJing in indie clubs by this point. Yeah, I was only starting off in the, the ones I, I would end up doing a lot more. Yeah, but I was starting to DJ in indie clubs, and I don't remember ever playing this. No, and I don't remember people asking me for it. But I remember it being around, mm. and I can see why this is a single. I can, yeah. It's radio friendly. It's it's. 
it's, it's a, a straightforward one. It's not like Spring Hill Gym or something. Yeah, you know, it's it's more poppy than anything else we've had so far, sure. I would say. Yeah. Um, it's I've written broadly inoffensive. Oh, I see. A little bit in, a little bit forgettable. Yeah. Obviously, lyrically, it's you know we're in hugely self-absorbed territory, aren't we? We're in. You know, you you're after me, aren't you? It's a little bit creepy, actually. What? A little bit predatory towards the end. Right. Yeah. Oh, let me in. Ah, the closer I get, you're asking for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's all... <laughs> but there's definitely that side because I'd never thought about the lyrics to this. I just mm-hmm. I kind of assumed it was one of those clever wordplay titles that you come up with a title first and you work backwards. Yeah. And Morrissey presumably does that. Um, and absolutely, it's very likely that it's. Uh, I know you say that you're not interested, yeah. but I'm going to keep trying. And you can try ignore me, but you know you, you're thinking about me. Yeah. And there's definitely that. But I also think there's an element of Morrissey and his critics and the whole living rent-free in their head. And you can try and ignore me, mm-hmm. but I know you're fucking thinking about me. And, and you're, you're trying to say you don't give a shit about Morrissey and mm-hmm. he's past it or whatever, but you're still fucking thinking about mm-hmm. Morrissey. I think there's some of that in there too. I think that's, I, I, that's entirely possible. Um, yeah, yeah uh, not a lot to say about this one. I, I think right. it's I think it's absolutely fine. Right. I didn't particularly like this at the time because I do remember it being around. Um, but listening to it now, I I like it a lot more. Okay. I don't think it's the best one on here at all. I think it's a lot more sort of straight down the line indie. Oh, it, it um, is. It's uh, yeah. It's you know it, it's got the edges off of it. It's like sure. okay. It's, but the, I, this is uh, this is to me the epitome of a uh, uh, you know like of a, a mixed alternative pub uh, jukebox track that's on in the background. This, uh-huh. is, this is what I expect to be hearing in a certain type of venue. Fair enough. All right, yeah, that's fine. It, it's classic. It sounds like classic Morrissey to me. It's very definitely him. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably harks a bit more back to the Smith sound than yeah. what we've heard previously on this album. My my main criticism of it and it, I don't think it's a fair criticism but it sounds like it's behind uh, it's it's very obviously behind the zeitgeist at this point mm. because we are seeing elsewhere we're seeing nascent Britpop coming into effect sure. we've had Suede uh, the previous year with their album we've got Pulp coming through mm-hmm. um, Blur have done their Modern Life is Rubbish album mm-hmm. Elastica you know coming through this sort of the, so Britpop is starting to happen yeah. properly and we'll see it absolutely explode mm-hmm. And this sounds behind the curve to me. Oh, without a doubt. I, uh, but yeah. for me, I do think it's a good tune. I think it's got my, a really my, good my question. My question is this, right? Yeah. Lead single off of one of his more popular albums. Yeah. Does that song earn its place in the Morrissey Greatest Hits album? Oh, well, I'd say absolutely. I'd mm, say okay. absolutely it does, yes. Okay, I, I, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I do. I, I feel it's almost a little You're bit too Mor- annoying. Morrissey solo. Pardon? You're talking Morrissey solo. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I guess the oh, Pantheon, talk- but yeah. Oh, I see. All oh, right, I mean, no, it doesn't hold up against the Big Smith songs at yeah. all. If you're putting together a 15-track album, no, it's not going to be there. You're not mm. going to knock a Smith song off it for that. But in terms of Morrissey songs, yes, absolutely. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, the, the, the only other ones I knew at this point, really knew, were because usually on side four of one of the Now albums, yeah. there would be the, the current Morrissey single. And so I knew Every Day is Like Sunday and uh, oh Last of the Famous International Playboys yeah Last of the Famous yeah so I knew those from just kind of it was on next to some other indie tunes on the the indie side of now 8 or whatever it is and I think it holds up to those uh, in terms of big Morrissey singles 
I think I think it's very good. I think the chorus lifts it. I think the verses are fine. The chorus is better. Cool. All right, so that's number five. So number six, six. Why don't you find out for yourself? All right. Okay, so kind of acoustic, uh, uh, electric, in, acoustic indie plodder. Yes. Kind of Delamitri-esque. Uh, that's very, very on point. Yeah. 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 Bit of a lyrically, it's kind of a, a bitter screed against the music industry. Absolutely. I'm very bitter indeed. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like so someone's, someone said to him, oh, you know, why are you, why are you like this? You know, you've got all the goes, well, why, why don't you try it for yourself? Why don't you come and be in this industry full of these assholes, full of these backbiters? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's basically it's a shit business the musical no, yeah yeah that's fair yeah. indeed yeah. I mean I, I think as well is you know him talking to a young up and coming star who's mm. like oh it must be brilliant to be in the music business yeah. uh, I can't wait for all this fame and fortune and uh, yeah. all the stuff that goes along with it and him going you just fucking wait yeah. you wait and see what the, the business bit of music business means mm-hmm. um, and, and I can't fault the logic in what he's saying having been in some meetings in the music business mm-hmm. where they're just full of marketing people and there's nothing to do with music going on yeah. at all yeah. um, I get it it's just alright how many units can we shift in the northwest? Yeah, this sort of bullshit um, yeah no I get it I get it it's you know it's, uh, it's anything as a product it's a, you know marketing as a product yeah uh, but, but you know it, it, you know in, in theory it assumes that the function of that part of a business, though, is to assume that the other people whose job it is to ensure the product is good have done their job properly, though, isn't it? No, of course. Yeah. Which is, you know, to a degree. Um, but, you know, uh, he has a bit of a popper uh, acid house of Man- at Manchester in here, doesn't he? I mean, he's famously, uh, whenever it was happening, the Summer of Love yeah. was happening, he was famously, this is all shit. Yeah. And he got, uh, you know, kind of... A bit of a kicking in the press for that because yeah. everyone was into it, and he was going, "Well, no, this is awful." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are some good lines in this. He, he does have some good lines and some good points. Uh, you know, some men here they have a special interest in your career. They want to help you grow and then siphon all your dough. Yeah, yeah, that is what happens. You sell stuff so that someone else makes money off it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I read that more as almost he was, you know, yeah, suggesting shady kind of. The oh, siphon. very possibly too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I it feels to me, you know, like, you know, there's um, he's either got a naive impression of what, you know, what it is he's involved in, mm. like, you know, because, you know, I, I would imagine he would, you know, like to be in a kind of very romanticised world where everything exists for its own sake. Oh, sure, and you can make right? a million points for poetry. Yeah, right, yeah. but I would imagine that his perceived slights are higher than somebody else in his position. Absolutely. And I would say the um, kind of the backstories behind whatever he classes as backstabbing Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, he's probably got a fucking hand in that because people are like, oh, this guy's an arsehole. Look, man, I I think the point is, if you're a certain level of narcissistic, then other people doing things which are in their interests and not necessarily diametrically against your interests, but not exactly what you want, mm. can be perceived as slights. Absolutely. And if you if yeah. you are that self-interested and that convinced that you are right and you are 
the kind of the, this special thing, then no matter what people do around you, you don't see the concessions that they make. You just sure. see this isn't exactly what I want. Oh, okay, you want me to change my outfit for this photo shoot? Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. and there's a lot of that through these lyrics. That kind of, um, you know, that kind of very one track, uh, me, me, me. You can almost route a path to go. Oh, I can kind of see from this stuff how you end up believing this stuff that you believe now. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's it's a constant state of victimhood where you are not at fault. No matter yeah. how many times he goes, well, I know what my problems are. I know I know what I've done. I know it's like you never mention them, though, do you? You don't talk about them. You always just go, well, I know what I've done wrong, but here's what everybody else has, uh, and you never try and fix them. Yeah. You never go, I've done this wrong, so I'm going to start to do this instead. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll hold this conversation right. because there's a bit more of this. But for me, I, I find the tone of the lyrics, uh, I think he's got some some good points. It feels a little bit partridge to me. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Not a big fan of the tune. Oh, I think it's dull as shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is a very, very boring song. Good. Um, I read somewhere that the initial version of the song was more and in quotations, a heavier rock yeah. arrangement. And so I looked it up, because there's a demo version on YouTube, and I looked that up, and it, I think it's better. I do okay. think it's better than this, because I think this is, you know, kind of Billy Bragg B-side nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still not a great song, even with the... Billy uh, Bragg B-side bollocks would have been better. Ah, been true more. enough. Lovely alliteration. Uh, but yeah, so the original version is better, but still not earth-shattering or anything like that. I think this is a bit just a bit weak. Nothing Mm. to it. Okay, well, the next one is called I Am Hated for Loving. Yeah, I'm not keen on this from the very beginning. This this sounds very limp. Yeah. I mean, this one, of all of the songs on here, this is kind of one of the ones that boils my piss the most. Oh, right. Because of this, as we were starting to talk about then, this... I'm hated for loving this self-obsessed fucking thin-skinned You're right, yeah. whining. Yeah. But you just want to just fucking shake it and be like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you, you, like I say, you can see how this generates and turns into blame for, every, you know, yeah. for other people are responsible for all the things that you perceive are wrong, right? Yeah. I was like, mate, get yourself some fucking citalopram, you know, <laughs> speak to a therapist, right? right? Do all of the work that human beings have to do to fucking function in the world. Right. Right? Yeah. And just fucking stop thinking that this is just because you are some fucking special jewel that the world doesn't understand. You're like everybody else. You're just a bit fucked up. Oh, totally. Deal with it. Yeah. But he is so solipsistic that he's never going to see that. Solipsistic, what a lovely word to use. It's it's pure martyrdom going on. Um, the, the, The lines, you know, I am falling with no one to catch me. I still don't belong to anyone. It's like, come on, man. This is it's proper poor me. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is proper kind of, uh, yeah, pro- like proper um, puberty poetry. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. And in terms of the tune, this is album filler in extremis. Uh, I've put musical. I've, I've put um, musically. It's it's dinner jazz indie. Right. Yeah. I, I don't get this one, and it just absolutely. There's about a minute's worth of it just petering out at the yeah, end. For three minutes forty of everyone's time he's wasted. Yeah, we don't need this one at all. Yeah, I, 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 I really, it. really don't like this. I really hate this one. Right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine. This should have been left off. Yeah. Don't care. Nothing else to say about it. Agree. Right. Do one more then. Yes, indeed. Number eight is yeah. lifeguard sleeping, girl drowning, and credit where it's due. 
That's a fucking brilliant song title. <laughs> Good one for charades at Christmas. Yeah. And where are we going here? This is a weird one, isn't it? I mean, what's happening? Some kind of woodwind. Is there an accordion in here somewhere? It sounds like there's what, the Yulian pipes or something that Sting used on oh, that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, <sighs> what's this vocal going on? Yeah, because I, I had to look up and go, oh, is there a, is there a guest vocalist? Well, exactly, this? I was like, is this him? Yeah. I mean, if th- this feels like a parody. Right. To me. Oh, I see, this, yeah, it, yeah. It, it feels like someone's taking the piss out of something. Right. You know, obviously it's got that little bit of that Beatles kind of yeah, worship fine. Sure. to it. But it, for me, it's a perfume advert of a song. A perfume advert? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just all like kind of high style and no substance. Oh, I see. It's, it's bizarre and full of affectation, which, you know, fucking hell, it's Morrison. Yeah, of, course. of course it is. But I don't think it works. Uh, it's just, it's so overly melodramatic that it's impossible to take seriously on any level, I think. Yeah, indeed. And I suspect he does want us to because it's called Lifeguard Sleeping Girl Drowning. He, he wants us to go, what's happening here? What's this about? And on the surface, it's about a woman who swims out too far at sea and drowns. She's trying to attract attention, Mm -hmm. but isn't noticed by anybody, and so she dies. Mm -hmm. Which presumably is an allegory for maybe women in general, uh, but when they're trying to be seen uh, in society, and they're uh, effectively ignored, and they go under the water, and they have to be happy just, uh, you know, being underneath Mm -hmm. everything else. Or I also thought that it might be um, a very specific relationship with uh, daughter-father where a, a little girl is trying to impress her dad who doesn't give a shit. I, oh, that. I mean, I thought, I thought you know, the, 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 the counterpoint is equally important. The lifeguard sleeping. It's like the, yeah. when, when people do things that they shouldn't do. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tragedy happens, and who's to blame? Right, sure. There's that in there, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Uh, as my daughter would say, though, no thank. No thank. I see. Right. No, th- no thank. Right. Three minutes thirty-nine felt more like ten minutes. This, yeah, this drags. Yeah, this does drag. Um, I don't like the way it sounds, and I don't. I, ca- I can't give it a pass because the tune isn't strong enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, not much going I don't, on. I don't, I don't. I just can't take it seriously. I don't. No, I don't, don't know what it is. All right. Okay. Well, eh, eh, fine. Last couple have not been good. I mean, I think that uh, the more you ignore me, the closer I get. Mm-hmm. Is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the three after that we've just done, I think, are pretty subpar. Mm. So it's a disappointing middle section for me. Uh, yeah, I think fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Well, I'm guessing we've got a few singles. We've got about. a fucking ton of singles, my friend. Right. Let's fucking get ready for this shit. So we'll start with the top 10. And at number 10, uh, we've got, I've, I've put this in as as one to potentially guess. Even though we've done the album that it was on, I think about two seasons ago. But this is finally coming out as a single. Uh, it's nine minutes 50 long. Mm-hmm. And it got to number 10 in the charts. Okay. I imagine those are a radio edit but who knows right, let's see if it, when he when he comes in here I mean, is it ringing any bells at all it is oh yeah. is it because oh, I, I seem to remember whenever we did it on the album you were like I do like this one 
Yeah, it'll come to me in a minute. Okay. Twangy. It's not like, hang on, it's, it's not like Brian had to say No, it's not, but you're along the right lines. Yeah, it's, um, I just think what we've done. Hang on. I, I, I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Bon Jovi. It is Bon Jovi, yeah, yeah, sorry, absolutely. I've, sorry, I've, I've got go. it was Bon Jovi a few minutes okay, ago. It's Bon Jovi. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of the song is. So, yeah, it's from their Keep the Faith album, which we did, yeah, I yeah. honestly think, about two seasons ago. I feel like it was ages ago as well. So I don't know why this is just coming out as a single. No, I, I feel like this is a song that's got... A, a chorus I, I, I can remember and I can't remember this bit of All the right. song well let me skip to let's see here yeah. oh there you go there you go yeah, yeah. dry county yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah it's uh, it's fine it's you know it's, it's you know kind of late era well it's not even late era Bon Jovi mid era what they, yeah but it's it's late good era no, well yeah well indeed. post good era yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's number 10. Gosh, when did we do that? I feel like it was... Honest to God, I think it was the 1992 season. No, it can't have been. It must have been 93, surely. Well, I don't know. That was... Yeah, 1992. Nine, November 92. Fuck right, so me. there you go. Okay, a year and a half later, we got finally got that single. Uh, that's number 10. Number 9. And I cannot imagine that you'll remember this, but some of our listeners might. Rather, you'll remember it, but you won't know who it is. All right, when it's called Shine On. Yeah. So that's been a given. Do you, do you remember not, the song? I've heard You've this, heard this yeah. yeah. I'm not going to know who it is, though. No. No. It's one of those ones that, you know, pop. Yeah. Uh, not house, but, you know, sub house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it degrees of motion, the shine degrees on. Degrees of motion. And yeah, this was, this was all over the charts for a good while. Would you have got that? No. If we're in a pub quiz, would you have got that? I wouldn't have got degrees of motion. No. no. I'd, I'd have got... If, if you'd played me... A bit that didn't say shine on. Mm-hmm. I think I would have got the title, yeah. but nah. Who the fuck are degrees of motion? No idea. Okay, uh, so that's number nine. Number eight. And this one you'll get straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Shoop um, by Salt Pepper, yeah. No, it's the other one. Oh, what a man. Sorry, yeah. What a man, indeed. Yeah, Salt Mighty, Pepper Mighty with... man. Salt and Pepper and... Um, uh, on Vogue. On Vogue, absolutely. What a man. Yeah. Did you like this at the time? I loved this. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought think... it's, at the time, this is a bit too pop for me. A, a I, th- I, th- I thought it was loads of fun at the time. Right, fair play. Uh, okay, so that's number eight. Number seven is Real to Real featuring the mad stuntman, <laughs> which we have seen before. Um, yeah. do, you, do you know what? I started playing my daughter this week. Go on. And she's just really got into it. Oh, dear. Who let the dogs out by the bar? Oh, home. you're a bad person. She fucking loves yeah, yeah. it. That's absolute abuse. She sings along and dances <laughs> with it. We have, we have quite, we have quite a good time. Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, number six. And you don't have to say too much about this because we're going to have to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Blur Girls, Girls and Boys. And yes, we are going to have to do the whole Park Life album. In the not too distant future... Uh, but we'll leave it until then. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I will just say, as a trailer, I, I, I don't like this song. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Okay, that's number six. Number five. Oh, God. D-Ream. D-Ream. Yeah. You are the best thing. Yeah, shockingly bad. Absolute bullshit. Uh, and like, you know, I think I, I mentioned before, imagine following up uh, Things Gonna Get Better yeah. 
your big single with something this insipid. I know, can you imagine? Uh, fucking, where's your career gone? Uh, number four is Mariah Carey, Without You, which is why uh, the album went back to number one. Number three in the charts, this was massive. Of course, there's um, Mariah Carey, With You. Oh, lovely, yeah. lovely. <laughs> a little spelling joke for everyone there. <laughs> I recognise this breakbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is... Um, it's going to go up and then say, um, what is this? Oh, oh, God, no, it's fucking Bruce Springsteen. There you go. Uh, this is what I thought it was going to do. Oh, I, was I see. Like, yeah, no, this is, this is Bruce as the boss yeah. with Streets of Philadelphia. I remember thinking this was one of the most boring songs I'd ever heard whenever it first came out. Yeah, I did as well. Really I, I, I kind of quite like it now, I think. Do you, see, I, no, and it's, it's like, oh, what's that uh, fucking Mark Cohn walking in Memphis? Never mm-hmm. came round to that either. Okay. Yeah. Or. Passed out to it a few times, though. Hey. <laughs> God's sake. Number two. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to say too much about this because we're going to have to do it at some point. Ace of Base, all that she wants. No, it's. Um, is it? It's Ace of Base. It's Ace of Base. What's it going to do? It's going to go. I saw the sign. It is. It's the sign. And I opened up my the eyes sign. and I saw the sign. It was go. a swirl sticker. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to have to do the full album on that, so we don't need to say too much. That's absolutely fine. Uh, that's number two, and here you go, number one. Fucking, you know, novelty record time. This was fucking huge. I remember uh, I was DJing the student union at this point as well, doing their pop nights. Is it going to be the, Bl- the Mr. Blobby song? It's not. No, that was at Christmas. We've already oh, had we that. We have already yeah. had it. You're right. No. Uh, I mean, um. this is marginally better, but not lots. Oh, Thunderbirds. No. No. Kinky Boots. No. no. I mean, you are naming some pretty bad songs, so you're along the right lines. That's not Dupe. It is Dupe. Dupe. Oh, oh God, my. I forgot that existed. Yeah, mate. Dupe. Jesus. Dupe. For some reason, you know, exactly, this, this ragtimey thing was a hit. Oh, my Lord. I remember this being all over the place. Doing the Charleston. Shopping. I mean, it's like they just rebranded the Jive Bunny, isn't it? It honestly is, yeah. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I had forgotten about it until now. It was just in the past. Dupe. Dupe. Uh, right, so there's your top ten. Right, not some, not great. Let's say no. a couple of decent things, but not great. Uh, here's one. Right, it's got to number seven, and you'll definitely know it. Oh, was it um, Primal Scream? Yes, it is. It's, uh, stretched out like a comic kind of thing. Um, uh, fucking cool. Um, oh. Hang on. What's the song actually called? It's the one that, you know, the first one after the Scream of Delicate that's era. And everyone was like, what the, the fuck? This is Primal Scream? Yeah, yeah. Because it was produced by George Rocks. Rocks, Rocks, Rocks indeed. Yeah. Rocks by Primal Scream there. Just yeah. couldn't get to it. Yep, that's number seven. Yeah, uh, they came back like glam, didn't they? Well, this is like them just doing the Stones. Yeah. Um, because, like I say, it was produced by George Reculius, and essentially Primal Scream are a band that sound like their producer. Yeah. So they sounded like Andy Weatherall for Screaming Delicate. They sounded like George Reculius for this one. I think this is... I think this song is dull and boring. Yeah. I think there's a couple of good tunes on the album in general, but I do not like this era of Primal Scream. No. No. Uh, 
I no. am with you. Uh, this one got to number 22. And I don't want to... No, I don't want to again say about how much I used to like this band and then didn't at this point. Especially after some of the reaction we got on the last episode. This... Probably... I mean, like I say, you know, this is the album that both you and I are like, oh, this is a bit meh. Yeah. But uh, I think the first two mini albums are amazing. Oh, it's a therapy. It is therapy. Yeah, it's trigger inside yeah. therapy. Yeah, and, you know, I apologise to all the... the We've got some big therapy fans listening to this, and in the last, upset with this, they? last episode, you know, we did get a few comments going. I can't believe you dissed that therapy album. Trouble well, we gun wasn't for me. We weren't. We were quite. Oh, we were fine about it, but people didn't understand. They wow. couldn't understand why we didn't like it. Uh, Credit to the nation released Teenage Sensation got to number twenty four. Uh, Carter USM released Glam Rock Cops. At this, uh, so I remember. That's the I remember the single title. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also got to number 24 at a different time. This one, it's got to number 28, and I reckon you will know this. Because again, this was played in loads of the kind of the clubs that you would have been going to. Mm. Mm. Oh, sounds like Sensor. Oh, well, same scene. Mm. Is this to be like Back to the Planet or something like that, or fucking Chumbawamba? Be- Consolidated. Be- better than them. But absolutely, you know, the, the kings of that scene, if, you know, if, uh, if Back to the Planet are the serfs. Oh, I have fucking heard this you, I, I, you must have heard it. You'll have not necessarily danced to this, but you'll have been in the room with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's not properly itself. It is properly oh, itself. It's properly it's itself. Properly oh, itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's the Ich bin an Icelander oh, okay. single. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, I've you, heard this many times. You will have. Here we go. Here's Hang the chorus. I think. I think it's because we just said something wasn't properly itself a minute ago. I was oh, like, I see. Well, it can't, it can't be, be properly itself. Right. Sure. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, yeah Ich bin yeah, an Icelander yeah. number twenty-eight. I think that's a good single. Um, I don't think it's one of their best, but I do think it's one of the you know, better ones of this era for me anyway. Um, this one, I've stuck this one in just in case you don't, I don't know if you're a fan at all of this, this man, this band, but it's a very catchy tune. Only got to number 52 in the UK charts. I think it was our friend Darren who introduced it to this. Is it... I was literally about to say, is it Paul Weller? Um, no, but, um, no, it's not. You know, you know, so, yeah. I mean, do you does it ring any bells as a song to you or no? It's ringing a really distant bell. Is it? What is it? Um, is it one of those guys? that mm. people revere and I never explored any further right. 
Tom Petty. Okay. And Mary okay. Jane's Last Dance. Right, right. That's Tom Petty. Yeah. I think it's a really nice tune. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really catchy. It's perfectly a decent. Nice little feel to it. Uh, only number 52, though. I'm assuming there's probably going to be some other listeners who uh, are, are more into Tom Petty than we are and would have sure. got that straight away. Uh, Curb Dog released Dry Riser, which got to number 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, again, I was just never particularly into them. They were they got tight in the press a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of, I think I had, I think I had Dummy Crusher. Right. Um, and, yeah, it just, I don't know, it was it was an album that, uh, Curb Dog just never quite grabbed me. Again, I suspect we're going to hear about this oh, as well. The, but they just, uh, yeah. I, I, I never had an issue with them. I never thought they were a bad band. They seemed like a nice group of lads in the mm. band, but they just always seemed to be something better to listen to. Uh, I think that, that the issue for me was that they were lacking the big tunes that yeah. I was after. Yeah. yeah indeed. Uh, David Holmes released Johnny Favourite, which only got number 85, but it's the first time I've seen David Holmes in the charts. Yeah. So I, he's starting off 94. 94, yeah. I mean, I, mean he, I, I mean, I was kind of, when did you. Uh, this film's crap. Let's slash the seats was kind of when I knew David Holmes, which I'm okay. guessing is like '96. Yeah, probably because that was it was in the middle of kind of the Big Beat era, even though it wasn't really Big yeah. Beat. I mean, I was probably aware of the name because he's from Belfast, you know, okay. and he was DJing around Belfast. I'd have seen sure. the name before, but I wasn't aware of him really as a music maker mm. at all. Uh, so this is the first time I've seen something. Of his oh, I'm a big fan it. of David Holmes. That, that I mean, well, I've kind of lost track with what he does recently, but you know, that, sure. that, that that kind of late '90s, early 2000s, I was. Big in it, David. Oh, Holmes. he's got some. Yeah, he's some really nice tunes in a sort of a more laid back style. Mm. But he, he was also brilliant at compiling soundtracks. I oh, made that. Um, um, what was that film called? The um, out of out of sight. sight. Yeah, out of sight. Out of sight. That is a fucking fantastic soundtrack. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, start, it starts off with a um, Isley Brothers track. It's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. First time I'd ever heard that was because amazing, of that. Amazing, yeah. man. Really good. Yeah. yeah. So now the, the man's got an eye for a tune, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Compulsion released the Mall Monarchy EP got to number 87 and they're another band that I remember getting talked about a lot But I again was, in that same kind of uh, breath per, I, I, yeah. I think my mate Grant had the album I think I heard it and I thought yeah, oh, I don't really care uh, Tori Amos released Pretty Good Year which mm-hmm. we uh, have obviously seen when we did the album got to number 7 so top 10 there uh, this one it's got to number 13 is it The Shaman? no it's not <laughs> Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, happy by Bjork. Exactly. Number 13, violently happy there. Uh, still don't get it, especially that song. Especially that song. Don't get it. But here's a fucking banger for you. Come on. There you go. We, we talked about it yeah. before. Number 19, this got to with I'm Broken. First, uh, first, uh, first tape I put in my car when I learned to drive and went out oh, by myself. Man. Well, you know, I was like, this is what I'm going to go down the road. Yeah, to. I see. Yeah, yeah that'll make you speed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number 19, and it's just fucking brilliant. Still to this day, just one of their best riffs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. Don't, 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 don't. I've got a playlist called Riffs, and I think that was about the second track I put on it. Uh, sure, it would be. It'd have to be. That's the law. Uh, this one got to number 38, and I, you're not going to get this at all, but it's one of those ones I... I mentioned the Charlatans before. Mm-hmm. This is the single, lead single of yeah. that album. I think this is nice. I think it's called I Never Want an Easy Life if me and him would ever get out of here. Mm-hmm. I think it's dead nice, but it's not exactly groundbreaking and they they will be much better in the future. Yeah. So this is cool, but whatever. It's, it's one of those ones. Uh, however, this one, this is a fucking banger. And... 
Come on. They're, they're, it might be worth looking at doing uh, a whole thing on this yeah. album. Don't fall too deep down. Yeah. Don't fall too deep down. Oh, man. You remember which one? They, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, so it, it's Sensor. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm coming back, coming back from the funky, funky bass track. Um, It's... um. Uh, 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 Age of Panic. Nope. No, it's not. Nope. Hang on. It's um. I'm coming back, coming back from the funky, funky bass stack. See if what you get. Um. Make a money, make a make now. Uh huh. Show you how exactly how. So what's it called? Um. Which one is it? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember other tracks of the album. I mean, there, there's a whole fucking club night named after it. Um, it's not, well, obviously, it's not Eject. It's not Stacked Up. It's no, um, Stacked Up, the album. Oh, fuck, what, it? what club night did you go to in, in Mirage? The what club? I, I can never remember what these fucking things are called. Nah, Bernie and Nick. A switch. Switch. A fucking switch, yeah. Switch. There Mate, you go. Did you know, I'd have never remembered that there was a song called Switch. I, know, I mean, I can remember it word for word. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't remember what the fucking. <laughs> there you go. So, Switch. There you go. What a tune, though. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Tune, what man. an album that this is. The this is a brilliant. fantastic Great album. Great album. And I do wonder sometimes, I go, is it as good as we think it is? Or, we, or was mm. it just important at the time? Right? Yeah. Um, well, we, we could have a look and see. I, we should. We need we, we to could, do this We record. could go back to it, do the um, If we did it, it would be in about three or four oh fuck it albums. let's do this man okay uh, I mean yeah I, I, so, yeah. But be, let, us, let us know on Twitter do you think we should do Stacked Up by Sensor yeah it'd be an, an interesting album to do uh, right fantastic this one and again you'll get this straight away I'm sure only got me. to number 46 this one remember who it's by uh, I do it's Whale Whale yes indeed Hobo God Humping this fucking Slobo video babe. gave me well yeah come on now Jesus Christ oh my God, this video, I don't know what it was. It was just well, that, yeah, well, yep. I do. Well, uh, yeah. I know exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, I, I, I loved this single, and it was one of those ones that just dropped out of nowhere yep. and was an instant indie club dance floor mm-hmm. filler. Everyone was like, this is fucking amazing. Yep. Loved it, loved it. Love and then it. they never did anything half as good after that. Nope. Not a thing. Um, here's one that's just ridiculous, and I don't know if you'll get this. Got to number fifty-four. Claw it is Clawfinger. Fucking yeah. hell! Uh, I didn't know if you get that. Yeah. Right. It's not the truth. Yeah. And it's not the one that we can't say. No. Hang on a minute. Oh man, I didn't think you'd get this at all. I'm pretty sure I used to have this on 7-inch picture disc. I saw Clawfinger more times than I liked him. <laughs> Not just always purpose. supporting someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get this. Um, I don't think I am. It's called Warfare. Warfare, yeah. Yeah, F-A-I-R. Fair, yeah. Yeah, Fucking there you awful. go. Warfare. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to get there. Nah, fair enough. But, uh, I mean, I, I named that tune in too. You absolutely did. That's, that's really... More than I thought was going to happen. I mean, what the fuck was going on with Clawfinger? I mean, Jesus Christ. Were they, I mean, they're that... Swedish? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm amazed that there hasn't been more of a fuss in our current sensitive era about that. Well, surely because no one cares about Clawfinger anymore. I mean, surely they're not touring and still singing that. I think they are. Oh, are they? God. Basically, Clawfinger have got a song called The N Word, and it's not called The N Word. It it is. That's just what it's called. Just called that word, right? And And that's the chorus as well. uh, Yeah, and that is the chorus. And. It is clearly a well-meaning song. Oh, it's anti-racist. By people that really didn't didn't, ask enough people about whether they should have done it that way or not. And it starts off with the lyrics, God damn my man. God damn my man. God damn my man. God damn my man. You know, like like as if you're talking in a 70s funk film. Brilliant. God damn my man. I can't, you see, I can't understand what you want to say. Yeah. That word. To your brother, man, it was none of your fucking business, mate. <laughs> in Sweden, that's the issue. Stay right? in your lane. It's, it's stay, stay in your in your lane, your yeah. socialist lane. It's, <laughs> it's 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 a wonderful thing, but it's not your fucking. Yeah. Com- oh, bless him. Bless him. Uh, they they meant well, but the but fucking major label released that. Yes, yeah, I know. It was nineteen ninety four. Different times. The word, I mean, it wasn't that fucking different. At the t- I, I at the time went, "This is eggy." Oh, I, yeah, at the time, yeah. I knew. Well, it was like, I was it, "Oh no!" But it was also presumably designed to stir controversy, which it did, and it got them press and it got them attention. Oh, fucking but, have a go at that these days. Yeah, mate. no, exactly. Uh, well, you know, someone who is having a go at that, right? Said Fred oh, released Jesus. Wonder Man. Uh, only got to number fifty-five. Don't well, remember that at all. No, I mean, no, no, no one place. does. Now, uh, Shed Seven released Mark. Uh, got to number eighty, and I think that might have been. I didn't very even know they'd captured him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey. um, I think it might have been their first. Where single. would they have kept him? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not their best, but it's it's okay. That's all. I it's mean, still. literally, you could not have just damned a song with faint of face. No, not the it's, best yet. Seven. It's song. not the best yet. Seven. <laughs> song. All right. Well, let's let's do this one then. Oh, it's uh, it's it's a uh, tool. Yeah, tool. Well, sorry. What one? Um. Oh, hang on. It's a prison sex. It is prison yeah. sex. Yeah, so this came out as a single uh, during this time. Got to number 81 in the charts. And this is the only... Not in my world, it didn't. Well, quite. It's the only single I have of theirs on vinyl. I don't have either of these initial singles on vinyl. I passed up loads of opportunities to have them when I yeah. could have had them at a reasonable price yeah. and never got them. What a song, though. But what I, song? I love it. They don't play it live anymore, though. Well, they're not at all. Well, because of the lyrical content. I don't know. I just, yeah, I think it's a bit on the nose for it. I I fucking love it, man. Yeah. And one of the first ones I saw the video for as well. Um, I went, oh, this is interesting. I fucking love this song. One of my favourite tool songs. In a weird way. One of my favourite tool songs, depending on which day you are. Yeah, fine. Anyway. All right, well, look, there's still loads more of these, so let's, let's speed through some of these. Uh, these Animal Men released Speed King, got to number 95. So, yeah, th- there's the scene that the enemy there were talking go. about. Uh, remember this one? Dreamer, life gets in the way. Is this a brand new heavy? It is brand new heavies. Got to number 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Stuff released Hot Love Now EP, which is. The Wonder Stuff released Hot Love. Hot Love Now. Uh, Ice Cube released You Know How We Do It mm-hmm. got to number 41 you know how we do it uh, New Kids on the Block 
again as NKO TV was at least never let you go. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't. I don't think. I, I think. I think Dirty Dog was as good as you're going to get. No, from it's me. sure. It, and yeah, I listened to it, and it's a, a shit ballad. Oh, of course so it yeah, is. Fine. Um, never let you go. My career. But quite. Madder Rose released Panic on um, again. One of those bands that uh, I knew people that liked them. I read about them a lot. Ne- I don't, couldn't. Tell I always got them confused with Mazzy Star. Yeah, Mazzy Star, Madder Rose. Madder Rose, I actually do think have some great songs. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I've kind of put them in with like Grant Lee Buffalo oh, and sure, stuff yeah, like that oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, this, see if you remember this one I just because I've watched a couple of kind of hip hop documentaries mm-hmm. recently and this has been in both of them I think but see if you remember this at all from 1994 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and I, T-Y. You and this is a Queen Latifah Queen Latifah yes yeah. it is um, and, and it's uh, yeah it's, it's called Unity United yeah, well, I mean, she did. Didn't she do this on the BET Awards as well? I'm not sure. Didn't, uh, didn't they bring her out to the, You know, when they did the BET Awards, oh, um, uh, with with everyone on yeah. it. Yeah, no, that was, that, yeah, this was part of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed. I don't remember this from the time at all. I kind of, it, I, 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 I kind of remembered it having had forgotten it for a long time yeah. recently. So I, I think right. I've probably seen. Yeah, probably it's, that it's thing. come I'm back like, into yeah. consciousness a wee bit. Uh, Fucking, are you going to know this? Let's see. You might do. It's got to number 82. It's a Hawaii Five by Steam Tune. <laughs> yeah, it almost is. Terrorvision? No. No, I'm pretty sure they're American. It's one of these bands that got talked about in probably the rock press, but never caught on. Um, mm. I... Yeah, no, no, nothing on this it's one. It's Poor. Oh, Poor, is this Jesse? This is Jesse, yes, oh, indeed. Oh, fucking hell, I didn't know. Right. Do you know what? I heard it and I went, oh, this is Jesse by Poor. And then it did that riff. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that being in oh, there. Oh, I see, right. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. This is Jesse yeah, by Poor. Jesse, you're a good dog. Yeah. yeah. It's about a dog, I didn't isn't know it? What that was. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, again, it's one of those things that, like, um, I, I kind of know that song and. Uh, no people that had the album. I was never yeah. massively, massively into it otherwise. They supported a load of bands. Yeah. Well. They're, they're one of those ones. Uh, this one got to number 13. It's a big pop hit and you'll definitely have heard it. I wonder if you know who it is. It's Wigfield. Um, Almost. No. Uh, yeah, another no, no, pop, pop dance. Right, it's called Son of a Gun. Yeah. Uh, I... nah, nah, nah. JX is who it's by. I would never have got that. And I have a feeling, and it, just from an email that we got sent from a listener, I think that we might talk about JX a bit more whenever we do the upcoming Erasure album. I think maybe oh, really? there was he, he did some production with Erasure at this oh, point. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Jay, I actually really like that tune. I think it's very catchy pop dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see these guys come through it's pulp. it is pulp absolutely yeah. got to number 33 only this one uh, make, can you remember which one this is um, ding. I mean I, I remember which one it is I just remember it's all down turned off the lights again Name the song. Yeah, no, we're 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 running way over. This yeah, is. Yeah. Do you remember the first? Do you remember time? the very first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I've only got a couple more. This one, 
we've we've kind of talked about the album many times. Traveling, it's um yes, yeah, uh, teenage fan club, day laugh soul, yes. and it's from the Judgment soundtrack. Yes, indeed, it's called Falling. Falling, indeed, and yeah, based off of a Tom Petty Tom song. Tom Petty, exactly. Um, and the last one I've got, I can't play to you, which is a real shame because it's not on Spotify. But New Kingdom released Cheap Thrills. Oh, I fucking love! I'd have had that in seconds, mate. Really good song. I'd have my friends are heavy drinkers. Only got to number ninety, but yeah, good, I good smoked, tune. Smoked a spliff with them at the Reading Festival. Nice, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, I, got, I remember I saw them in Northampton, I think, supporting Censor. Oh, nice. Yeah. I loved New Kingdom, man. I think like both those albums, man, are excellent. They're top notch. There you go. Okay, so look, uh, that was a ton of singles, and I know... That really was. Yeah. Uh, I There's a, a feature on our podcast host where I am apparently able to split stuff into chapters. And so I'm going to try and do that. Some podcast players will accept it and some might not. But if... You're getting bored of the singles at any point. It might be the fact that you can just fucking skip to yeah, yeah, the yeah. next section nice. of us actually talking about Morrissey for any Morrissey fans who join us. I think but people, it's too I think people to say come that to now. the singles, mate. That's what they come for. Indeed. But that was a lot of singles. There yeah, you go. yeah. That was a poor performance by me today, man. So my brain, I just couldn't, I couldn't make the, sny- the synapses it's connect. It's like some, you, were, you were kind of there, but, but close, but no cigar. Yeah, or it's annoying. Right, okay, let's uh, crack into yep. the next track. The, the last bits of Morrissey. It used to be a sweet boy, is this one, track number nine. And this is track number nine of 11, so we yep. are, we're near the end mm-hmm. of this album. Now. Yes. I'll be honest with you, this one, this one lyrically caught me a bit askew. Okay. This, this, this one caught me, and I think it's just because it's a subject that I think about oh I lot. see okay yeah. this is a song it's, it's the thing I used to be a sweet boy used to be happy proudly holding my daddy's hand yes 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 that thing right and I tell you right I think just because I've got two and a half year old daughter yes and she is so happy oh yeah yeah so happy all the time and she like lives in this lives in her own little world yeah and it's just just a sort it's the, the greatest source of joy in my life lovely yep and so, and I have to kind of juxtapose that one and go, there's this world out there, and the world's not very nice a lot of the time. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking shit that goes on. And, like, you know, with all your heart, I just want her to n- not lose the joy that she's got. Of course, I'm sure that's every parent's yeah, dream. But yeah. inevitably, you know, you have to, because you can't... Because it's, it's a weird thing. It's like, because you feel responsible for it, but at the same time, you can't be, because... You, you, you got can't, control over yeah, you can't, can't manage their interactions yeah. with people, you yeah. know. And you just, kind of, I, don't know, I guess, you just kind of pray that it's not the things that you do yeah. that fuck them up. And that's the, that's the interesting thing in here because the second part of this is, I'm not like that anymore, and it's not my fault. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah, my fault, and it's do. like, well, where is the fault? And it's the it's the whole thing of like, I, I just hope I don't get to a point in my life where my daughter is like. I'm fucked up and it's kind of because you did this, see, this and okay, this. right. And it, it, that's some, it's something that like weighs I, on my mind a lot. Again, I'm sure you're you're not alone. Parents oh, must I'm think sure. that all the time. But for... See, for this, for, for me, this song, I think, is pretty dull. Oh, uh, I think the song itself is and so relatively non For you to have picked anything out of that, of this, 
I think is interesting because I get nothing from this one right. bit. Okay, I, see, and this is the thing. I think, this, as I say, I said the song here is relatively nondescript. Yeah. But that lyric and the thing, because I was, you know, going through it and I went, it, it, it hit this a, is just a nerve. this is just something I think about a I lot. I see. Okay, no, obviously you must do. Yeah, yeah. Used to be a sweet boy. I'm not to blame. Something went wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's like, where, and it's, is, is that a barb? Because he, he specifically mentions his father in the first part. Yes, yes, yes. And he specifically doesn't in the second part. I there's two people in that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not to blame. Is that, that is so? That, it must be you. Is, or... is that is that the barb? I don't know. Or is that or, you know is that right. me projecting that onto it? I don't know because that's where my thought process is. Right. No, I haven't thought about that. I don't know. Um, I think this is. Um, Whenever I think about the, the way that this album has been written, because Morrissey did all the lyrics, mm -hmm. and then these two guys, Alan White and Boz Berman or something like that, the two guitarists in the band, they took turns in writing songs. And I don't know whether it was essentially they would present a tune mm -hmm. to Morrissey, and Morrissey would go, oh yeah, I've got some lyrics, or I will write some of that. Or if he says, I want to do a song about this, and they write the, the, yeah. the, the, the tune, I don't know which way around it goes, or if it's both ways. But I cannot see either of them whichever way around it is, being presented with the other half of this song and going, yeah, wicked, I've got something that'll work for this. Because I yeah. think there's two verses of nondescript, boring nonsense, mm. both musically and lyrically. I don't know why either of them has, has gone. There's something here. Let's try this. I don't think the lyrics are bad. I think they're, I think they're quite right. poignant, well-written lyrics that are evocative of a subject. I mean, um, they must be because there's there's four lines basically, yeah. and you know for, for, it, for it, me that it, yeah. it did the thing that if you've done the ground some of the groundwork on it yourself, mm -hmm. then you know you, you you're doing the heavy lifting as well. But it it did the thing that lyrics are supposed to do, mm -hmm. you know. It, you know, it engaged me in that. But again, I, I I won't go to bat for the song. No, nah. I think there's there's just nothing there's going nothing on in there this song. at all. Yeah. Right, okay, all right, fine, fine. I didn't think you'd get anything out of that at all, but I'm happy you did. Yeah. So, track 10? Track 10, The Lazy Sunbathers, which okay. is, is a fun phrase to say. It is. Okay, so when it's kind of bright, kind of, almost kind of, I guess, well, it reminds me of a bit of an Earth Angel, but like, you know, Earth Angel, Earth Angel, oh, kind Jesus. of rock and roll. But, oh, God, yeah, I can't remember who did but it, but okay, it, yeah, right. Yeah. But it's also got a bit of that kind of, but that kind of thing that Britpop did, where they reappropriated old songs a little bit. Yeah, and you know, it's about vapid humanity, isn't it? They're like yeah. those who, who ignore the terrible world around them, and he, he's yes. going, "You idiots! You're so fucking stupid that you don't know well enough that the world's so terrible that the thing to do is be miserable all the time." Right, <laughs> and. You know, how are you able to enjoy yourself when my mind won't leave me alone? That's uh -huh. kind of what I read this as. Oh, I see, right. And, you know, I kind of used to think like that, and I have my moments when I think like that, but yeah. I kind of, you know... But ultimately, it's like, I'm, I'm more like, well... Fucking, I'm kind of more just jealous that you people can just get on with it. You know right, what I mean? yeah. Well, the, the imagery is the lazy sunbathers. There's people uh, you know, just relaxing on the beach while there's a war going on. It's like yeah. World War Two is happening mm -hmm. on the other side of this ocean, and you're just having a nice time. Yeah. But obviously, then that is expanded to uh, this bit about the planet's core, and you know the planet's dying, and you're just trying to, you know, have fun day yeah. to day. Uh, so it's the, the apathy of the general public um, and just the selfishness yes. of not caring you know, what happens to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing against the misery or the misanthropy here. Nothing yeah. at all. I'm, I'm fine with both of those. 
but it's fucking dull. Oh, it's, it's dull a, just shit a dull, again. dull song. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This is lowest common denominator Morrissey. Oh, fair, mate, it's, right yeah, it's, it's it's like you know the the teacher from uh, the teacher from uh, Peanuts cartoons. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that I thought this album was going to be full of, and I was I was uh, scared. It was going to be. I don't feel like this is that different. Something say, you've liked, right? No, you see, I, yeah, I think this is a, a totally different type of thing to the to the first four or so. Right, okay. I really do. I see a big difference. I think uh, this is fine, very man, boring. Fine. All right, well, look, let's leave that one. Leave there, that. Then. Okay, scrap that one. So the last track is called Speedway. Yeah, track number eleven, Speedway. And when you slam now, right, so you got this kind chug, of chug, 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 chug. And look, this. It's coming up in a second. It's got, again, a, an incredibly obnoxious sample in it. This that, little sound, this chainsaw sound effect. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. well, it's supposed to be a speedway bike, isn't it? Oh, is it? All oh, right. Speedways. Oh, that the makes sense. The whole thing is around it. But I'll be honest with you, uh-huh. outside from that, yeah. musically, this is easily my favourite song on this record. I think this is great. I yeah. think it's really good. Uh, this is, for me, there's some really nice uh, inflections. Um... Uh, the uh, the chorus on this I particularly like uh-huh. lyrically it's kind of you know it's fuck you rumours etc etc same kind of self pitying kind of thing I keep I've used screed in my notes about eight oh, times here for some reason well I mean it is um, self pitying but he's also saying all the rumours keeping me grounded I never said they were completely unfounded yes but I've got to put but contextualised with the soaring kind of it's kind of vaguely kind of post-rocky backdrop yeah there are, it just seems more palatable and as I say there's that little bit of self-reflection I never said I wasn't this as you say absolutely um, I'll be honest with you Mm-hmm. If the rest of the album had sounded like this, I'd have had a much better time. I, I, this was the one that stood out to me on the first initial listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I went back to this one. I've replayed this one a few times because I thought, oh, this is really good. This has got mm. a riff to it. I really like what he's he's doing vocally. Um, this was more of an instant one for yeah. me. Uh, it took the other ones that I do like more time to get under yeah. my skin. But this was the first kind of more visceral reaction one that I had to it. I think it's very good, and I do like the... Uh, the way he says all those lies written lies twisted lies well they weren't lies yeah so it's like he is he's owning a bit of his own bullshit yes and he's saying that some of the stuff in the press that he said about him that is horrible maybe there's an element of truth to it and that's fine and again that speaks to the 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 whole thing about the growing up and the maturity that is apparently running through this album where he's taking a bit more responsibility but it's not 100% that he's still painting himself as a bit of a victim as well yeah I I, I, yeah I agree I mean he says I could have mentioned your name I could have dragged you in yeah I'm a good guy it's about the relationship he's in at the time isn't it I'm not sure I don't know who he's talking about this is something I read I see right I I don't know how true it is someone said he was in a relationship with the boxer at this time oh I see and he's saying all I could have got you involved in this is that right and I didn't because I wondered if it was about the other members of the Smiths because all the press at the time would have been well Morris is a dick but Johnny Marr's a genius and so I wondered if there's stories he could tell about the other members, you know, whenever they were breaking up, yeah. that would paint them in a bad light, and he never did. Or if he's just saying that sort of shit to go, well, you know, maybe maybe don't uh, judge me too harshly because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one. I don't know. But I think it's a really good tune. Yeah, this is, the, yeah. This is easily my favourite song on the album. And I, I know what you mean, that 
I'm not saying that if every song had sounded like it's I'd be happier but I'm very happy that there's something like this in the second half of the album because yeah. it was really it had hit a slump for me, for me it was it's totally front loaded apart from this because he, he's got this kind of sail in his vocal yeah you know that that lilt in the vocal uh-huh. and to hear something that kind of soars and swoops and does some more stuff yeah it kind of gives this idea of like just different layers of uh, of ascent I guess there's much more going on there's much more going on he's much better at what he's doing it fits better it all gels in this one yeah and obviously you know it kind of plays more into my wheelhouse of what I'm interested in musically uh, to a degree if you took his vocals off this like you say that soundscape behind yeah. the, again the, the, the big swathes of guitar mm-hmm. going on it's much more interesting for you I'd imagine yeah yeah, yeah. I, I will listen to this song again lovely okay, okay so how do you feel about the album Album, I am. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna sound like faint praise, but I am delighted with how much um, I liked it yeah. more than I thought I was going to. I thought I was gonna just be wading through drudgery for the whole thing. What are you like six or seven? Uh, or I'm, I'm probably five of eleven, which is again amazes me. Yeah, you're no, more, no, no, I'm probably no, yeah, I'm five, five, six. I'm six of eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first five and the last one, yeah. I think, are very good. Cool. Yeah. So I'm more than happy with this. I'm really impressed. And I mean, I'm glad it's done because I was dreading it, but I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a different yeah. to that. I, for yeah. the most part, I don't like this record. Fine. I find the music kind of dull and uninspiring. Is it pretty much what you thought it was going to be? Mostly. Yeah. Fine. I mean, but you know, Morrissey remains an enigma, really, you know, because he's yeah. capable of these beautiful, heartfelt lyrics and obviously a talented person. Mm hmm. But just so mired in his own inadequacies and pettiness, you know, I, I, it's it's yeah. a it's a interesting one, you know. Well, I mean, I won't return to this, but I'm glad nah. we did it as an exercise. No, true, absolutely. I'm glad we did it because it proved to me that there is more uh, to Morrissey to dandis. Dandis. <laughs> There's more more to Morrissey solo than I thought there was. Right. You know, I thought after those first initial, the, 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 like I say, you know, mm. every day is like Sunday. I thought, well, there's nothing after that, mm. and yeah, maybe there is. Well, interest, you know, I'm I'm interested that like you know the last track on the it's almost like oh here we are oh it's over, do you know what well, I mean? Yeah, true enough. But you know, okay, so um, well, that oh, case, we- I because I well maybe what I said at the start, um, if that had been the first track and the first track had been the last track, I'd have been totally fine with that because that coming in as a, as a statement and then the last one as the kind of the more epic outro I think would have worked better. I'd have been really upset. I'd have been like oh it's just, oh, quite, oh, no, it's just this shit. <laughs> Right, okay, um, so should we go to Twitter? Indeed, what did the other listeners think? Uh, David O'Brien, he said, I love this album, from the menace of spring Hill Gym to the surrealism of Lifeguard Sleeping Girl Drowning, via a welcome lack of overly long tracks about how miserable he is. And that is a fair point. I will definitely give him that. Definitely you know, Only that. one song approaching five minutes, everything else like three and a half. So well done, Morrissey. Uh, he says, this album represents a high watermark in his career, but it was all downhill from here. And that does seem to be, even in like the, the reviews that you read at the time or people reassessing, people go, oh, this was one of his stronger solo albums, but it's the last really good one. Even Morrissey fans seem to agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John in Leeds, uh, probably uh, the best just south of the river Thames record. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, no, Waters, Waterloo Sunset is better. Pisses all over the Lambeth Walk, though. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. Niall Bakewell of The Zeros uh, has said that never has a face more come to personify the phrase, I'm not racist, right? But, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those things. We haven't really mentioned it, but it's a shame that he's, 
just, we always knew he was going to be a dick. He's a narcissist dickhead, but it's a shame he's gone down that particular well, path. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, at Agmo uh, 2012, uh, what a lead single, the more you ignore me was. Remember it being on top of the pops. He disappeared for a long while after this. Yep, no, that's. I think that's probably true. Uh, this was... Well, he said this was going to be his last one, and obviously wasn't. He did seem to take a bit of time away after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sarcastic but fantastic uh, said, I love Vauxhalls. Morrissey, though, mm, I only knew a few things from the Smiths and his 2000 revival. As for the person, the less said, the better. Yeah, Again, that's, that's, you know, that's the thing that kind of is going to follow him around is the personality. Probably fair. Okay, so um, with Ogre Mail, uh, his best record by a country mile, in their opinion. Um, right, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. I'm glad you, know, glad you like it. it. Does, but it does seem to be people who like the Smiths and Morrissey, the fans of theirs, do seem to rate Vauxhall and I as one of the high points. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of this argument, probably. Right, yeah. Bradders, Bradders77 uh, said, I never listened to this at the time, but I've heard it in recent years. Much as I, as I dislike him as a person, one thing you can't dispute, fucker knows how to write it song and this is not quite on a par with Viva Hate or most of the Smiths but I think it's a really good record that definitely rings true you know mm-hmm. no one's I don't think anyone's ever going to go well Morrissey's solo is better than the Smiths I don't think anyone can ever really go no, down well, I bet I bet Morrissey would yeah, um, okay Gaz Jones yes Gaz uh, Gaz from yes, the, Gaz. Uh, a track one side one podcast uh, got into the Smiths in a massive way the year after this 95 was the only time I bought a Mozza solo album too in the form of Southpaw Grammar oh, yeah. still sound by the fact that the lead singer off that Dagenham Dave is a banger still a great A cunt though yeah, hashtag day. team Mar. <laughs> Miss uh, Disorder Lee has said uh, she only recalls that uh, she likes The More You Ignore Me that's the only one that seems to stand out for her I mean it was the lead single it's the only one I remember from the time at all uh, fair enough yeah. then. I'm Mark Burrows uh, mm-hmm. I believe Morrissey died soon after the making of this record and hasn't been heard from since <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a, it's Indeed, a fair mate. point there's a few replies to that one yeah like when Weezer split not long after their debut album <laughs> controversial uh, no. it's, it's the classic uh, you know Jimi Hendrix Kurt Cobain thing would it have been better yeah. if they just never made any more music well yeah, yeah. for sure but um, there is a good reply to that Will Arthur has uh, said he's got a different theory that he's happy to share about Morrissey and he's called it the Pet Cemetery Gates Theory uh, Morrissey died in 1986 while on their North American tour immediately after their August 3rd gig the rest of the band took Moz's body to Ludlow in Maine where they buried him in an old Micmac burial ground but they didn't know the ground went sour the person that they put up there ain't the person that came back The band went on about their tour over the course of the next year. However, tensions between the band and their undead frontman led to their breakup and Morrissey embarked on his 30-year solo career deteriorating more and more as time went on. Sometimes dead is better. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, mean, it's kind of almost more plausible than the truth. (laughs) Indeed. If you haven't read Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, that might not mean much to you, but it's a nice little theory to have. Um, But yeah, anyway, guys, uh, thanks for getting in contact on Twitter. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, we are um, PCL Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, we're not really on Instagram that much. Uh, Facebook, you can find us. Um, But we always appreciate people getting in contact. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, look... um, So, we're at the stage. We got to, we, so yeah, we've got to pick a track for our playlist. Okay. I mean, there's only really two that we agreed on, mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely fine. Do we want to put them both? I mean, so Speedway, the very last track that we talked about there, you like that. It's your favourite. Yeah. I think that's very good. So I'm happy to put that on yeah. if you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, f- for me, it's a one song album. 
Um, right, yeah. But if you if you feel particularly strongly about it, I'll you know because you really liked it. I'll put the other one on just for. I mean, the other one I think that you had I, I liked it. Was, was hold on to your friends, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Again, I I thought that one fourth track. I thought that one. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought I thought that one was absolutely fine. I didn't love it. But, I see. Okay. But you know, if if uh, if you feel like that, I it, I do, I really like it. Stick it on. All right. I, I would I would like to do that as well because I think it's let I think that, it's excellent. Let, Let's do yeah. that. If, if you if you think Chris has gone insane, then you <laughs> let, no, just, yeah, stick it on, man. All right, right. wicked. So there's two. I'm happy, mate. I didn't. I thought we'd struggle to find one. Well, look, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Let's, so let's, uh, if, if, as always, you can uh, go on our website and you can find the links to um, the playlist. Yes, the ongoing pieces. Uh, we should probably tweet them out again at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, we'll they're in the description of every episode, so you can see them on there. But yeah, I'll, I'll chuck something out soon on Twitter, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We're mm. going to be back next time. It's going to be, I'm not sure what the next episode can be yet. It's either going, because it's a hundredth episode next time, as yes. we alluded to earlier. It will either be Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral, or Soundgarden. Uh, super unknown. Yeah, we'll one see of which those one we first. Um, oh, it will be an enormous five-hour episode with both of them on. God, it, it definitely <laughs> won't be that. Um, but Same. yeah, hopefully we'll have that out for you in a couple of weeks, yeah, depending on do how what we, can. we go. All right, mate. Well, thank you for joining us, Krista. Pleasure as always. Always, sir. Always, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you, and everyone in between. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com.